Hey guys, this is The Real Estate Podcast and it's your host, Alex Kaufman. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I need you to do me a solid. Hit that subscribe button on your phone if you haven't done so already and share this episode with just one person. It's gonna help us get this information out to more people to learn about entrepreneurship and real estate. Thanks, now let's dive into today's episode. But if you surround yourself with smarter people than what you are that know the industry, it's, uh, it's an amazing investment opportunity. Again, I had the 401k and all those things, but I reaped the most from the benefits from my rental income. And you can do it if you trust the people around you and you just take that leap of faith. I did it, uh, kind of pushed into it. And like I said, it is the best mistake I've ever made. All right, everybody, welcome to the Real Estate Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, the one, the only, Miss Kim, Kim Wheeler, Matt's mom, my mom, Sam's mom, everybody's mom. Miss Kim uh, has an amazing story, and uh, I'd really like for you to actually uh, give your intro. I was thinking about this a second ago. I could name all the things and, and talk so highly of you, but why don't you tell us real quick your intro, who you are, where you, where you, how you got here? Okay. Well, my name is Kim Wheeler, and I moved to Round Rock, <coughs> Texas, 31 years ago. Um, came down with the boys and their father, and lived in Cat Hollow. Um, that's how I first got here. Did y'all live in Cat Hollow? We lived in Cat Hollow on Fremont Street. Until when? Uh, we moved actually in 2000 to the best neighborhood in. Round Rock, Texas, Round Rock West, and that's exactly where you also grew up as well. In 2000? Yes, 2000. 2000. Date number not one. Miss Kim told me today, she said, do not talk about dates. Uh, and you brought up the date. I only brought it up because I do have a name plaque on my house on Chincoteague that you actually grew up in. All right. I'm, I'm going to give you a proper intro. Okay. Rewind. All right. Miss Kim, she's a very special woman. She has a very big heart. She uh, tries to help anybody she can. Uh, very outgoing, very personable. Uh, she actually works with us. She uh, cold calls. So if you are a potentially motivated seller, you've probably talked to Miss Kim. Uh, she has a uh, very special uh, uh, skill of really being able to talk to someone, learn about someone, become very close with somebody even though this person doesn't know who she is or want to talk to her uh she's just by far i mean uh you know one of the uh hardest workers i've ever met she loves working she loves accomplishing things uh very positive attitude she again is very very helpful uh you know matt always talks about how his interest in real estate and really his uh inspiration uh to be successful in real estate came from from you his mom miss kim um i have to call her miss kim by the way otherwise y'all might see me get slapped on this podcast that's right um but anyways she's just a very 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 special person and and anybody who has ever had the uh the honor of speaking with you uh has probably said that before and and knows that about miss kim and she's just got a very very cool uh, story. She is a very successful real estate investor. Uh, we'll dive into that and kind of, you know, how she got started investing in real estate and her whole story. But anyways, I wanted to make sure that we get the uh, proper introduction out well, there. Thank you, Alex. So here, here is the the episode with Miss Kim. All right. So, well, let's let's go back a little bit. I mean, you uh, you love talking about your family. You have a very big family. So tell us a little bit about that growing up, where you come from, kind of what made you into who you are today. Okay. Well, I uh, was born and raised in Toledo, Ohio, one of 10. I am the ninth. I have a younger brother. I have six <coughs> brothers and three sisters, um, 49 nephew and nieces. We are one of the largest Catholic families in Ohio. Um, Is there like a... So when you say that, is there like a uh, It's probably a, book? a competition. Is yes. there a book where they... Yes, where and we are the largest Catholic family in, in Ohio. So very proud of that. Um, I am a Christian. 
uh, grew up, our, my parents were just amazing people. Very, very blessed. Couldn't ask for better parents. I, I think about them all the time. I miss them. Great people. Really great people. Um, I truly feel blessed because I feel as though they passed on what you guys term now is generational wealth. Uh, my father owned an asphalt business and all the brothers worked at an early age. Uh, the girls could not go to work at Genite Company. That's what he owned, Genite Company. Genite? Genite, J-E-N-N-I-T-E. Uh, my brothers all work there and still continue to work there. Um, but I didn't realize what my parents did until obviously I grew up and had a family of my own. But my father instilled first, God is first, and then my mom, and then the children, and then a Catholic education. So they instilled that in us and really being hardworking. It was always driven uh, into our family of working hard. Um, we grew up with, my mom grew up with seven, six siblings, and they were all of our, all of our neighbors. And really? Yep. And the youngest, the least amount was seven in the family, and the most was 14. What do you mean? Of kids? Of kids. <clears throat> My grandmother had 72 grandchildren. So the school wow. bus would come and make about three stops, and the majority of them were my cousins, and then they would take us to school. It was very so cool. So it was an awesome upbringing. I was just so blessed. And, you know, I think all the siblings just realized just how fortunate we were growing up in the family that we did grow up in. There's a lot of love, and, you know, our parents taught us the basic uh, skills and tools to be hardworking and successful follow so that's kind of my growing up years and how i started just how doing all of this how close are uh, you and aunt kyle aunt kyle i am 57 and so she's 59 59 aunt kyle miss kim's sister they uh they've got a lot of stories we have a lot of stories Aunt kyle's <coughs> one of the best right yep she is she is the best absolutely all right, so grew up in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, tell me about, you know, since this is the uh, real estate podcast, I'm going to try and uh, relate things back to real okay. estate as we hear about them. But growing up with your family and uh, your, I guess, aunts and uncles mm -hmm. and your parents, uh, was real estate investing kind of a, a thing that, that they did or was it talked about at all or... I think that my father and you know aunts and uncles, really uncles, got into it later in life after the kids were raised, after paying for a private education, you know, elementary and high school. Once the bills got less and more more of the children moved out, that's when my father started getting into real estate, um, buying commercial properties, and actually probably one of the first ones he bought was here in Texas maybe 40 years ago. He owned a commercial property on Sand Bass Road. Um, and that's kind of how he started. Had a donut shop in it and, you know. He just owned the real estate, not the donut shop? Nope, he owned the, he owned the, the strip center. Mm -hmm. Him with my two other brothers. So they, that's how they, it all started. And I think one of the first properties that he owned was in real estate here in Austin, Texas. And that was probably 40 years ago. Yeah, and so how, how did you get to Austin? Moved here in Austin um, 31 years ago and moved to Round Rock. Right, but why? Because wasn't Jack here? Jack was here and just wanted a new beginning and moved down here and started the next chapter of my life. Do you know how Jack found Austin? Jack found Austin through a company called Naira, based out of Cincinnati, Ohio, and they convinced him to move to Austin probably 50 years ago. Started seal coating driveways, said Austin's gonna be a, this booming city. Toledo wasn't, they didn't have the growth there. He had five other brothers in the business and he decided after he got married, uh, came down here with his wife and drove a seal tanker. Started doing driveways. Got it. I was just curious because, I mean, uh, if that company would have told him Pennsylvania or Florida or any other state 
or city. I mean, it just could have been a completely it different story. Exactly. Because <coughs> Jack came, and then were you the second to, of the siblings to move here? Nope. Uh, Uncle Steve, Kyle's husband, came. So then he started, and then um, I came. Were and Kyle and Steve married at the time? Kyle and Steve were married. Got they it. followed, and they helped him. So what a blessing to think that they had the foresight to know that Austin was going to be this big, booming area. Of course, that helps them, right? Because then they sell product down south mm-hmm. where you can seal coat generally, you know, nine, ten months of the year. Versus right. in Ohio, you're shut down. So amazing. I mean, what an awesome opportunity it provided for him. And look where he is today. Yeah. So... And so uh, you followed, came to Austin, moved to Cat Hollow. Moved to Cat Hollow, then moved to Round Rock West. And you had Matt at the time? Because Matt was born in Ohio. Yes, Matt at the time. (coughs) And then Sam soon followed. He was three. Yep. And then Sam soon followed. Sam soon soon followed. Yes. And so what were you you doing here in in, uh, Round Rock when when you first came? When I first came, just nothing. I was a housewife. Uh, Matt, their dad, uh, worked at Wheeler Coatings, which my brother Jack owned at the time, but his love was golf. And he became a golf professional and then went to go work at Berry Creek Country Club to be the golf club pro there. Mm-hmm. So, and then I was just a housewife, staying w- home. Weren't you teaching at some point? I was substitute teaching. During that time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so you were teaching, and then at what point were you cleaning houses? After uh, the boy's father and I got a divorce, I started cleaning houses, and I put them in Mother's Day out at Council Oak, 9 to 2, two days a week, and I would go and clean somebody's house during that, during those times, and uh, after we got a divorce, my brother Jack asked me if I wanted a job, and so I did collections for him. So did collections. Sam and Matt are at Deepwood by this time? They're at Deepwood. We moved over to Round Rock West. Yep, moved over to Round Rock West. Uh, and then, so you uh, you started doing collections with, with Jack at the mm-hmm. time. Was Wheeler Coden's a pretty big company at I that think time? So. I think so. I think so, absolutely. continuously grow it over. Right. They, they had already been here for a while, and, you know, the name out there, Wheeler Coatings, everybody knew. Jack had an amazing reputation. He treated his people well, and everybody loves Jack. You were probably pretty good at collections, weren't you? I was very good. You could probably get... Uh, I did. Why, why do you think you are good? I just collected the money. I just made sure. Yeah, but you're so nice, and you probably did it in a way... Uh, you know, I'm sure many people get collections phone calls and yes. they're pretty, uh, you know, not great. But I'm sure you were able to have the person be excited to exactly, pay, pay you exactly, the money. just so I wouldn't call them anymore. And <coughs> I, I took great notes, so that helped. Yeah. If they told me they were going to mail a check, I made sure I called them that day to say they told me they were going to mail a check. Right. Did you enjoy doing that? Not really. What uh, What didn't you enjoy? it's just tough it's just tough you know people go through hard times and stuff like that and it's just it's hard to deal with that you know yeah being forced to have tough conversations tough conversations and then to be lied to so they always tell me the checks in the mail and i'd have to call them and go wasn't in the mail (laughs) maybe it got lost yeah it got lost again right so but he moved me out of that position and got me into sales so i was happy with that loved it what do you like about sales? People. Yeah. Meeting people and accomplishing, you know, things. And just they asked for a price, and I gave it to them, and they were just happy. It was just simple. It was a, it was a great job. I love just being around people. Yeah. You heard my intro I did. Yes. About you, right? Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Um, sure. Because you're, you're great at it. Like, uh, and uh, to a lot of people... Uh, sales aspect or having conversations uh, might be hard uh, right like a lot of people struggle with it Uh, but and it's not easy we kind of got to force ourselves to to get in the mode we got to force ourselves to have these conversations you mean you need to force yourself no I mean I'm sure there's days where you're not feeling like it that's true that's true it's very rare yeah there isn't a stranger I, I talk to everyone yeah 
But I mean, even now, right, with lists that you're calling, absolutely, you're like I don't want to call these you're certain right. types of lists. Mm-hmm. So trying to big dog me on the podcast. <laughs> I know it. I know it. Sorry, <laughs> I had to flip it. Yeah, I had to flip but, it. But I mean, you know, there's there's days and times where. I mean, you're a human being. We, mm-hmm. we are. There's days and times where we may not feel like it, but you're you're very good about. Uh, ultimately, all it is is just caring about somebody, right, right. and just being genuinely interested in and in how you might be able to help them. Mm-hmm. And being authentic, you have to be authentic, and you have to be real. Right. You know, if you act this game, it's difficult to do. I am who I am. I'm still going to care about these people, even though I don't know them. I'm very blessed. I've never been in that situation, but I just genuinely love to help people and serve people. What have you found to be very successful in sales at Wheeler Coatings and making calls here and anything you've done your entire life? I think I'm satisfied just to know that I put the best effort um, and that people are just happy with the accomplishments of what I do. It makes their life easier. When I worked at Wheeler Coatings, it made their life easier because I'm the first one got, that got the bid that, you know, for them, where people wait weeks to send it, you know. And, you know, they just knew they can always count on me, and I, liked, I don't like to disappoint and let people down. Yeah. All right, I'm going back to uh, 9 to 2. What, what was the thing called you put Matt and Sam in? Daycare? Council Oak. Council Mother's Oak. Day Out. Yeah, Mother's Day Out. You're cleaning houses, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's kind of unfortunate that it's uh, just you and I on this podcast because I'm going to ask questions and I feel like you're not going to brag about yourself as much as you probably should. And I don't know the story in depth as much as, you know, Matt or Sam might, but we're going to try. Okay. And I just want you to be open to to giving yourself a pat on the back for all that you've done. All right. Are you going to make me cry? I hope not. But if so, happy tears. Okay. All right. So... You got your you're now a single mother. You got family here in, in Texas. Yes. Uh, and you got the support of your family. Um, but you're you're now a single mother and you know, Matt talks a lot about uh, him watching you growing up, you know, being a single mother, doing everything that you did for Matt and Sam. And again, you know, as much as I was involved in y'all's lives, uh, it's like what, one one hundredth of, of the actual time, you know? And everything, so I don't know exactly, you mm-hmm. know, what went down. <clears throat> but just walk us through it. I mean, what were you thinking? You were, you know, obviously thinking about providing for for Matt and Sam and you guys. Um, but I'm trying to lead us into, you know, investing in real estate and everything you've done to to accomplish what you have today and raise two amazing boys. Uh, so if you don't mind, just kind of walk us through kind of what it was like being a single mother at that time, two young kids, uh, trying to figure out what to do. Okay. Well, uh, being at that time, I was Catholic. Um, it really, this has nothing to do with it. But I was Catholic, and I was um, my marriage was okay, but my parents did not want me to get a divorce when they finally accepted it and acknowledged and gave me the blessing to do that. Uh, the next thing that I was facing was how will I do this to raise two boys by myself um, they uh, with their blessing they had written me a check for $30,000 which was huge for me mom huge. and dad mom and dad and my brother Pat Wheeler uh, who was at that time um, kind of the co-owner of Jarnite and my dad just wanted to make sure that I had a cushion at, because I was just cleaning houses. I put that check away and told myself I would never touch it unless I have to. That would be an emergency fund um, because I was so grateful and blessed that I knew I had a padding if I needed it, but they wanted me to use it and just continue on. So I started cleaning houses. Um, my brother Jack offered me a job and employment at Wheeler Coatings. But how I actually got into it, um, my dad actually 20 years ago uh, died. And before he, when we were, we would go home to visit him because he had Parkinson's. And a mutual friend of ours, Robert Culver, was in property management. And he had called me when I was in Toledo for a couple weeks and said that there was a home that the guy was going to lose next door to him and he had cut out all the plumbing 
um, copper plumbing. I guess he was involved in drugs. To sell it. To sell it. I didn't know, but at that time, to sell it. And um, he basically said to me, I'll never forget this. He said, what would your dad want you to do? Because I was making excuses because I didn't feel like I had the money. I was scared. I was afraid. And uh, at that point, when he asked me that question, I knew my dad would want me to take a leap of faith and do this. And I said, let's go ahead and let's make an offer on the house. Uh, bought my first house for $60,000 on Denfield Road. First investment property? First investment property. Where was this at? This was in Randolph West or uh, across? Off of Bowman Road, Denfield. Oh, gotcha. Right next door to Robert Culver. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember that, but basically we did all the work. We, uh, you probably don't, but the boys remember they had to chip up ceramic tile and they weren't happy about it, let me tell you. And I don't know if it was more work more having them there. More dates, but how old were they at the time? Oh gosh, I would say, I mean, elementary school, maybe fourth and sixth grade. Uh-huh. And so you'd bring them over there, put them to work. Put them to work, and we would, anything that was needed, we had to do it with Robert Culver, and it was fun, we had a good time. They didn't really like it. Um, but, you know, I think eventually they got to see the the outcome of all of it, but that was my first investment property. Yeah, and so that must have been, I'm just trying to think uh, timeline. So like you were you were cleaning houses, mm -hmm. uh, then you started working at doing collections with Wheeler Coatings. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it was from then until... Uh, it was nights and weekends we would work. Late nights and weekends. Right. Every weekend we'd work on the house and every night after work we'd go over there and work on the house. Right, but this is like five years after you moved into Chincoteague, give or probably, take? Probably, probably. Right around there. And so uh, for the first five years or so you're really just trying to get a good footing, get, uh, you know, I don't know, you tell me, I'm asking. Well, I mean, I was just trying to stay afloat, honestly, because as you know, you guys were all very active in sports and it was traveling baseball and basketball and trying to get, you know, each one of the kids to different fields, different complexes. So I had to rely on a lot of people that became my village meeting Stephanie O'Donnell. You know, I mean, she became a big part of my life. So she helped me with the kids and going back and forth to the baseball parks or just taking Sam, you know, for the weekend when he was somewhere else so I could be with Matt. So it just kind of swapped off a lot. And so did you ever envision investing in, in real estate or? No, I really didn't. All I was thinking was to be able to pay for, what was important to me was to be able to pay for our college education. I didn't want the kids to have, um, the burden of debt and seeing what my father had accomplished that I would not be a burden to the children to the boys uh, when I became elderly you know of whether it was an assisted living center or independent living I just didn't want to be a financial burden or a burden to them so number one was college education to be able to pay for their college education if that's what they chose to do and more making sure I wasn't a burden to them. Mm -hmm. All right, so buy your first property off Denfield, mm -hmm. 60,000. Uh, Y'all are working on it uh, over the, uh, on the weekends and nights and everything. And then, so what What were you thinking when you bought this first one? What were you thinking? I wasn't, you, I damn wasn't. Damn it, Robert, why <laughs> no, did, why I did, you did tell me exactly, I did. But you know what, it was, you know, at first I thought it was a mistake after I walked in there and saw the damage and what he had done and, you know, finding things, you're like grossed out, but you know, it was the best, and I've said this before, it was the best mistake I could have ever made. So did you see it before you bought it? No, never so, saw it. Uh, explain, explain that to, to people listening because, uh, you know, as you know, we, and you talk to a lot of them as well, we have a lot of people reach out who want to get started investing mm -hmm. in real estate. And uh, they spend a lot of time in, you know, analysis process, uh, analyzing deals, analyzing mm -hmm. a deal, analyzing a deal, overthinking a deal. But it sounds like you didn't think about it at all. Right, which was a good thing. Right. So walk somebody through that. 
Hey, this is Alex and I'm the co-owner of TRE. Since the beginning of time, real estate has created more millionaires than any other investment. And I want to get you involved in a community that will help you achieve your goals within real estate investing. I know you don't have the knowledge, connections, or resources to start investing today. Most people spin their wheels over and over and over without ever actually taking any action to successfully start investing. That's why I want to get you involved in our community so that you can get the hands-on support, training, and meet the other members that you can start doing deals with in order to start investing in real estate. You need to get in the room with the right people who can help you achieve your goals and get the hands-on support and one-on-one -on -one training that you need in order to start investing. Just click on the link in the description to join the entrepreneur community today. Um, uh, how you're able to do that. I think a lot of it had to do with Robert and trusting Robert. Yes, I, uh, no doubt I trusted Robert. He had already been in the house. He'd already seen it. He knew the, the big things, the, obviously the plumbing, but at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're getting a great deal. So you, you put in several thousand dollars for, you know, replacement of plumbing. So, you know, I was very happy. I trusted him and he was a good friend. And, you know, you rely on people that know the business. I didn't know the business. He kind of forced my hand into it. It was just the perfect timing to set up. And, you know, before I know it, he accepted the money and, you know, uh, we just went to work, made it happen. Would you say real estate's a uh, team sport? Yes, absolutely. You need the Roberts, the Matts. You need the Roberts, the, the Matts, uh, mortgage people. Mortgage people. Mortgage people. Bank, insurance. Um, insurance. Contractors. Contractors. Managers. Leasing agents, tenants, mm -hmm. partners. Absolutely. All right. So you, you dove in. You bought the first one. Mm -hmm. About how long did it take you guys to, to fix it up? Probably six months. Wow. That's a while. Yeah. Just you three, you, Matt, Sam. Mostly. Do you really count? Matt and Sam. Well, you said you brought them over there. I was going to say, I, I brought them over there. Yes. But it was probably Robert and I. They yeah. did the majority of it. And they did. The kids were fine. But they're boys. They get distracted. Right. Right. So it took you all about six months to get mm -hmm. it rent ready. Mm -hmm. And then you got it rented out. Mm -hmm. And then by this time, were you ready to buy your, your second? Yes. And walk us through that. Did uh, honestly, you fall in love with it? Or? No. No, I don't fall in love with real estate. I don't. I try not to <coughs> because it's a business. Well, why you know? were you ready for your second? Um, because it seemed so easy to do. And then I realized that I could take this passive income and start using that and build that up so that I could use that if I needed to for, uh, for the kids' college education. That's really w what it was all about was just being able to not have to get loans and to be able to pay cash for their college education. Did you buy the property cash, the first one? I don't remember, to be honest with you. I don't think I did. I don't think I did. Yeah. Okay. And so, second one, what was, what was that one? Well, I guess, first tell us, how many do you own today? Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen single-family homes. Yes. And you pretty much bought one a year or so pretty much pretty much and so after this first one that you bought on Dinfield did you foresee owning 15 of them no not at all just things I had a great realtor she was not afraid to go knock on people's doors that people were in foreclosure because I always told her I would never want to kick anyone out if we can find somebody that really needs our help and they want to continue to stay there that I would agree that they could rent the house back um, and I'd let them stay that was important to me yeah so that's why I'm in Tejas right perfect example yeah he stayed there for how long well I bought the house 20 years ago and he stayed there he rented the house for 20 years and yeah. just moved out in January and now I live there right right what house was that what number do you remember don't back to dates 20 years that was honestly I don't even remember that I think the situation was really hard for me knowing that? that that the realtor he finally said I could come in he wanted to meet me and I didn't want to meet him Tejas house mm -hmm. situation when I walked in on a Friday and the foreclosure the auction was Tuesday I walked in and he had nothing packed nothing 
it was like he was in denial. He had a, I'll never forget, he had a stack of lottery tickets. The house was dark. And I just saw desperation and sadness. And yeah. he just wanted to continue living there so that his daughter could finish middle school and high school. And she's probably in her early 40s. And she finally said, Dad, come in and move in with me. And he moved out in January. Yeah. This past January. Right. So. Well, walk me through. Walk our viewers through how you go from, you know, accidentally investing in real estate, kind of. Okay. To owning 15. And what what was important to you throughout this process? Were you trying to instill anything in Matt and Sam? Were, was this just kind of a, a great way for you to invest money? At what point did you start looking at it as a business? I, th- I think when I first started getting in, once the first one happened and I realized how simple the process was, not the physical labor of it all, um, it was, I just caught a bug. You know, I had been working and I was just saving my money in a checking account. And back then cash was king, like probably it is still today, but I had a lot of cash. And so I was able to get a lot of really good deals because I squirreled away all this cash in my checking and my savings account. Like that was big to me. I would always look at those numbers, you know, make sure I had enough. And Mm so, you know, the one led to, I think at one time, I think I had about 22 homes. Um, And it just, I realized how simple it was. We had hiccups and yes, we had some problems, but at the end of the day, I realized that the benefits outweighed all the negative things at the end of the day, long-term. And it just, it just it set me up I felt more comfortable it was just a transaction I didn't fall in love with any of the houses I didn't want to fall in love with the houses it was just a business transaction in regards to and you had a good team I had a great team like I had a great team maybe if uh, you didn't have a good property manager such oh, as Robert oh. maybe you wouldn't have been buying as many absolutely but you knew that you could buy it hand it off yes. it was in good hands and right. trusted my realtor, Ivy Muncie. Right. I mean, she she was a pit bull. And she was sweet and she was nice, but she wasn't afraid to go knock on doors. I wouldn't do that nowadays. But, I mean, she was, we're talking a long time ago, she had no problem going and, and knocking on people's doors. Yeah. Um, I think with the real estate, I, I wanted to, I wasn't really thinking about teaching the kids about real estate. I was trying to teach them how to work. And yeah. being hardworking and hopefully that they would pick up a skill from Robert knowing electrical plumbing all those things um, clearly did either of them pick any no no but uh, you know I just uh, wanted to teach him about hard work huh? they did pick up a skill what's that it was to find Robert's is <laughs> to find yeah exactly <laughs> That's the skill exactly they up. exactly they didn't pick up the actual right plumbing or right. electrical skill but you know Sam is getting better now is he yeah for sure electrical just or? anything he likes to f- he youtubes yeah, it and figures it out if you can't have robert you just use youtube for right? sure but sam is very good at finding roberts yes yes so absolutely absolutely so they they did learn that so i you know i tried to teach him about work <laughs> ethic and you know i felt like hey we're all going to contribute this is all going back to you one day this is going towards your college education this is part of you living at the home you're going to help me complete this project this is part of your daily activities until we get it done so I never thought about the generational wealth or the real estate part of it honestly with them yeah I was just trying to teach them how to work right you think uh, I I know that there's this uh, uh, fantasy or or you know uh, owning real estate is you know glamorized like uh, you know just bathing in pools of money right and, right and things of that nature right obviously uh those who own real estate know it's uh not quite like that exactly uh even owning 15 houses mm-hmm. or even you know in our scenario we own a lot of real estate mm-hmm. and it's not like uh we're just you know doing whatever the hell we want to on a right. daily basis right uh and so what uh <coughs> what did you have to sacrifice uh in order to uh, to accomplish that I think I was just very good with my money. Yeah. I was very good with my money. I know. I know you are. 
but you sacrificed a lot that maybe others didn't uh, in order to uh, to invest in real estate, right? Like you could have bought a, I don't know, brand new Corvette every year or something instead mm-hmm. of, uh, or you could have, I don't know, gone out and... A boat. 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 Sure. No. You know, I looking at my brothers and my dad and seeing what they all, they got, they got into real estate and I saw that. And so I just, you know, followed what I, what I was seeing growing up, Yeah. you know, all, all of my brothers got into real estate. I mean, not real estate as in their license, but shopping centers, land. And so maybe seeing that maybe kind of sparked something with me, but. Well, the reason I ask it, and I know that you don't view it this way because I don't view it this way and I think we view this the same where I think about how I'm missing out on some brand new car or something I don't even want to own a brand new car no I don't either but uh, compared to the general population uh, the general population does want to own brand new cars they do want fancy things they Mm -hmm. do want to you know spend money uh, versus invest it right and so I imagine that y'all did sacrifice a lot of you know what could be considered luxuries or maybe what other people had in order to have you know these investments i agree with you we didn't take that many trips because we were busy working on the houses when they weren't playing sports probably a lot of sacrifice was time but you know me i am not that type of person i am i'm happy with what i have i don't have to have the newest or the nicest you know again what was more important to me was with the kids' college education and for me to have a nest egg so I wouldn't be a burden to my children. So we had everything we needed. Maybe not everything we wanted, but we had everything we we needed. And that was important for me to show the boys that, you know, in order to accomplish things, you have to work hard, you have to save money. If you want something, you have to, you know, you just, if you, go, if you want to do it, you're going to have to work hard. And it's going to cost money, more than likely. So you have to have the money, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just really a life lesson, I think. My parents were, weren't big spenders. They priorities where they, they spent their money. And that was the private education that they put 10 kids through. Right. And uh, even after owning 15 houses, uh, again, back to the, you know, it's not like you're just getting rich all of a sudden especially if you have mortgages Mm -hmm. on the properties Mm -hmm. property taxes insurance repairs vacancy vacancies claims uh evictions evictions all the above it could even add more financial stress to yes to somebody yes and uh you know at any point anything could go wrong and so uh, i do think it's important to to touch on that how you know, building this business and building a real estate portfolio isn't always no, glamorous necessarily. It's not. You know, just recently, since we had those tornadoes, several of the houses were hit. So we had a lot of roof damage, some structural damage. You know, that's a big thing. Um, got to pay for that, right? Um, so that's huge. Um, you got taxes that have gone up. You have people with uh, people that have moved out, and then there you have a house sitting. Um, vacant because you have to do a make ready. Some require more work than others. Tenants who live there for 20 years and those cost a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you have a vacancy that's sitting there for several months while you're renovating it, you know, and upgrading it and doing the things that need to happen in order for you to get market value for your place, right? Right. And what a perfect time to do it. You just don't want it to take longer than 30 days if that could happen, but Right now, everybody's busy, right? So, uh, you know, it makes it tough. And again, we we have the money and we know these up and coming things are gonna happen and you just wait for something to happen that you can put the money, whether it's AC gets, you have to replace an AC. It's it's all part of it at the end of the day. It's, It's not always cookies and cream, but at the end of the day, it does allow you some financial freedom uh, and to be able to do what you want to do um, when you want to do it. Yeah. So. You hate people telling you what to do, huh? Yes, especially you. <laughs> Real estate does provide that opportunity. It does. It does. Absolutely. <coughs> Absolutely. Um, 
So did it end up paying for their college educations? Matthews it did. Uh, Sam had. Sam ended Uncle up going Sam. into yep went into the military. Uh, did Sam say I'll still take the college education? You know I well now I hopefully he doesn't see this because he probably will ask me for the money. <laughs> <laughs> but I did give him a house. Yeah. So. So it did it did accomplish the uh, goal that you wanted yes. plus much more. Yes. What other beautiful things has it has it uh, provided for you and your family? You know, I think the biggest thing is knowing that these is, well, as some of them, I don't know if you've mentioned it, but um, my wife Tiffany turned in our house that you grew up in on Chinko Teague into an Airbnb. And that's been amazing. Um, the house has paid off, so we're generating a lot of income. Um, great neighborhood, great house, uh, a blessing that we have now a hot tub and a pool, which really helps. So that's another way we're generating income. Um, and she totally renovated the house. It looks beautiful. She's a super host and she's done an amazing job. So not only do we have the rental, we also have the Airbnbs. So that makes it nice too. Yeah. How many Airbnbs? Two, right? Well, Chinko Teague. Chinko Teague. Te oh, Corpus. Corpus. Tejas when you're not there. Tejas when you're not there, yeah. Well, that's not really Airbnb. It's just if people need to use the house. We well, but y'all were going back and forth. Back and forth, back and forth. I stopped that. I, moving over to Tejas, having a one-story with five grandsons just makes it so much easier for us. Yeah. But did the grandchildren have fun on the stairs? They did. They did have fun on the stairs. But now they don't have to worry about that anymore. And what it's better for my niece. Yeah. So what's your what's your plan with your real estate portfolio now moving forward? Are you looking to grow it, streamline it, simplify I have, it? We went through the Dave Ramsey and we paid down seven homes, paid them off in one year and we have three homes left. So my our goal is to pay those three homes and all the homes will be paid for. And then that's the goal live off cash flow correct correct i don't we don't live off of any income on the rental right. we squirrel that away what do you reinvest it is that the goal that's the goal into more real estate absolutely All absolutely right. what do you want to buy i think i would like to do multifamily. Uh huh. uh like a small apartment complex how big i'm thinking maybe a 30 door Maybe less unit? than that, maybe less. Okay. Then a smaller town like you guys were talking about, Lano, and uh -huh. maybe turning those into little Airbnbs, you know, renovating maybe. them. So I like that aspect of it. Yeah. And I'd love to see the grandchildren get involved in it. Yeah. And have them have a piece. Eventually. Maybe they learn a skill like plumbing or electrical. Oh, or I hope so, Alex. What uh, you so you said you love that aspect of it. What do you love about it? You like the Airbnb? I feel like you would enjoy really providing the experience for somebody. Absolutely. You know, you know, growing up there, you saw how wonderful the place was, and when you read these comments from people about how it, they just they are able to spend time with their family, and just how appreciative and how well they treat the house. I mean, it's just amazing that I can bless someone else to have a weekend or a week or two weeks. We now have medical families that come in um, that stay for about a month or a month and a half. What do you um, mean by that? So medical families that come in that have, we have Someone a, a world-renowned place here called Napa at 183 in Lamar. And so families will come down for a month or two or three at a time. And having the pool is huge when it comes to obviously airbnb that's very important especially in texas with these wonderful blistering hot temperatures mm -hmm. but they can do water therapy we're able to give them a discount and it's they're they i want them to feel like they're at home they're already going through enough with you know an unhealthy child uh, who is sick and i'm so blessed that uh, matt and sam are healthy so i want to be able to give back to them and want them to feel at home, you know, while they're away from their home, you know? Yeah. So that that's nice when you read those comments that you've made a difference and they've just had the time of their life. What's your least favorite thing about Airbnb? I would say probably one 
time we run into an NFL football player. And um, of course, I thought it was a really big deal at the time, but when he moved out and he left and I came over to look at the house, it was, it was trash and it was, it, was, it was upsetting. And I was told not to go in, but I went ahead and went in anyway. And I guess seeing the lack of uh, disrespect but I tried to turn a negative into a positive and think that maybe he felt like he didn't care what we charged him. He didn't do the follow-up procedures. So that was really hard for me when I came in the house and saw the yard and the house and the way it looked. And so Yeah, I remember you were excited. I was really excited. To have it. I wasn't really excited after he left. Yeah. That's that is unfortunate. Yeah, it is unfortunate. But it comes with it, right? It does, absolutely, and that's the way you have, and that's why I try to turn it into something Helping positive. Ain't easy. Like, well, maybe he didn't care, and go ahead and charge him whatever he wanted. You know? Did you? No. Yeah. Okay, Tiffany didn't, but I would have. But she may have charged him a small amount, but I didn't. And you know what? It's a lesson learned. You're yeah. going to make mistakes. You're going to have hiccups, and you're going to have speed bumps. If things happen, you just got to have to learn to deal with it. There's just so many things that can happen whether it's a rental property or airbnb yeah stuff happens what uh look at this we made it through the the podcast no no tears no tears all right we're doing a uh we've been live this whole time and so we've got a list of questions from our viewers cat's gonna read them off to us I'm great just, i'm just joking oh <coughs> but uh, I do have a couple last questions okay. for you. Tell us, you know, tell us what you want. doesn't matter who, what type of listener this is, whether okay. it's someone looking to invest in real estate, maybe it's a newly uh, single uh, mother raising two boys, mm -hmm. maybe it's one of the families coming down for the what, – what's your advice for people in general? What do you, what do you want people to uh, – to take away from from this podcast honestly i feel like if i did it anyone can um it's a scary thing but if you surround yourself with smarter people than what you are that know the industry it's uh it's an amazing investment opportunity again i had the 401k and all those things but i reap the most from the benefits from my rental income and you can do it if you trust the people around you and you just take that leap of faith I did it uh, kind of pushed into it and like I said it is the best mistake I've ever made it allowed me at you know age 50 decide that I didn't want to continue uh, working after 28 years that I was able to walk away and what a great feeling that mm -hmm. you can walk away right yeah and with a big security blanket i had that and it, it takes sacrifice you know yeah. and you got to be able to sacrifice and if you're disciplined you can do it anyone can do it what'd you sacrifice i asked time. you this earlier time what else money in terms of like what well i could have spent it on a bigger house maybe yeah, yeah. upgraded my car yeah what else you know, building the nest egg and the uh, checking account, you know, I took that money and took a leap of faith and invested it all in real estate. It was making 2% at the bank. And, you know, it was a win-win situation. And basically, a lot of it was time. It really was a lot of time because in the very beginning, the first few houses, we were doing less of the make readies. So I realized my time wasn't worth value when I could pay somebody to do it and and go quicker and faster so that we can get somebody in. Yeah. But when you're referring to you sacrifice time, uh, you're talking about, I don't know, time at the pool or, oh, I don't know, Every, vacation or... Vacations, nights, and weekends. That's, that's what... Watching TV. Watching TV. Whatever, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, but you, you decided to work instead of relax. Right, right. Right. Has have any of your friends ever asked you to mentor uh, in terms of real estate investing or 
Hey Kim. You, you know what? They talk about it, but they just they have different priorities, and uh, a lot of them are into the mutual funds and stocks and stuff like that. And not a lot of them, my plus friends, are into real estate mm-hmm. or have any desire to. I think people are scared. You know, um, it's just. I think some people just don't care. No, just, they don't care. And mo- most of the most people actually really just don't care. Yeah. Too much. Or they invest in in the stock market and in their mutual funds because they seem like it's for them it's safer. Yeah. So has anybody ever asked you to mentor? People have talked to me, but I wouldn't say mentor. But I'd say they've talked to me about it. That's odd. They they should. You think so? Yeah. Well, they know I'm here to help. Yeah, I mean this whole this whole story. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course. I'm- Look at Justin O'Donnell. Maybe his mom and dad didn't do it, but look at with Justin. Got maybe to see they, that or maybe they up. did, and you just told him to call Matt. Yeah, that's true. I probably did. I probably did. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Miss Kim. You're welcome. Any last words for for everybody here? You know, I think I was driving over here thinking about this, and you guys always say it, but my main goal was generational wealth something to pass on to the boys and now to the grandchildren and I'm just so blessed I'm gonna be able to do that you know um, to be able to pass something on to our grandchildren how amazing is that right yeah and hopefully and they'll continue and hopefully they will yeah well I mean Sam and Matt have uh, have uh, really learned a lot from you I don't want to speak for them, uh, but they're both uh, very into investing. That's true. They both uh, are not into the fancy things, right? Right. Sam's very frugal, <laughs> <laughs> but and and Matt is too in his own way. Right. Right. Matt, you know, is not concerned with flashy, no, uh, flashy, fancy things. Right. Uh, they both, uh, you know, they obviously learned that from you, right? Because uh, I think so. The entire world is the opposite, right? And so you you've done an amazing job. Well, hopefully they've remained humble, and that's the biggest thing is to remain humble. This are, these are all blessings, right? Mm-hmm. And at any given point, we could lose everything, and that's okay. Yeah. Start all over again. Right. I'm not afraid. Are you? No. It's exactly. Fun. It is fun. It is fun. There's some challenges, but it's fun. It's a new fight. But it's, it, I just think it's so cool, just the generational wealth. And I'd love to pass on the legacy to those to the grandkids, honestly. Well, I think you are. I hope so. And, uh, I mean, if they learned anything from, from their parents, then it'll continue on for forever. You're right. You're right. Well, we love you, Miss Kim. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for having us on the show. You're welcome. Us or me? You. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.